The Youthscape Podcast. I don't know, Rachel, if I've ever brought this up, but um, before I worked for... a worrying statement. Before I, I, um, I worked at Youthscape, I had another job. Oh, that old chestnut! Do you know, for the first like two years of working for Youthscape, I would introduce myself as formerly the editor of Youthwork oh. magazine. That's how I started. Oh, formerly the editor of Youthwork magazine, and I worked for Youthscape. <laughs> I, I, I think. You I know, think we've all done that. I've said formerly the editor of Youthwork magazine a few times. As have well. you? Yeah, I have. I just like, like to drop it in there. Trips off the tongue. It does. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a total lie. Yeah. yeah anyway, in your former days, O Brethren, as yeah. editor of Youthwork magazine. Yeah. So I used to be the editor, and I had with me at the time. You know, when you look back on the people you worked with yeah. and you didn't realise at the time you had these amazing yeah. people. So I worked alongside some incredible people like Sarah Winter, who's mm-hmm. now, you know, co-hosting the Leadership Conference, yeah. the Royal Albert Hall, and, and Phoebe Hill, who's now Director of, uh, Head research. of Research at, yep. uh, at Youthscape and, uh, and, now, um, and now doing a PhD because she's so clever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Jamie Cutteridge, who was then the editor of Youthwork Magazine, and then Premier Youthwork Magazine, mm-hmm. and then Premier Youth and Children's Work Magazine, <laughs> as it became. Lost. Uh, Lost and, uh, and, and also uh, a bunch of other people who were just amazing. I worked with these, these great people. And the, the most humbling, but also, if I'm really honest with you, frustrating thing about leaving a job like uh, editor of Youthwork magazine is when the people who've come uh, you know, in after mm. you do, uh, do actually a better job than you did. It's deeply frustrating. I often hope you know, the magazine will just once, you know, I'll pick it up and it'll be a bit it's rubbish. Disastrous. And I can say, ah, oh, it never would have happened in my day. Gen- genuinely? Because I, what, what I no, love about you, Martin. No, not genuinely, I'm joking. What I love about I'm you is joking. that you genuinely say all the things that the rest of us think, but think, oh, we could never quite say, actually, yeah. secretly. I want yeah. someone else to do this not as well as me. Yeah. And I no, love but it I'm, not I'm, not, I'm not serious. I'm not serious. I'm not serious. It is a way in of saying that, actually, do you know what? Um, Youthwork magazine, or whatever it's called, uh, Premier Youth and Children's Work magazine now has sort of gone from strength to strength yes, and it's, it's yeah. had some brilliant people editing yeah. it over the years and uh, Phoebe and, and Jamie are definitely two of those um, and, uh, and Jamie has just moved on and is yeah. now working in a new role at the Salvation Army um, right. and still working very much in youth ministry and, and still writing for the mag and I still writing for the magazine yeah. and, uh, and we have now a new editor in charge yeah. of Premier Youth and Children's Work and she's her awesome. name is Ruth Jackson. And she's a she's a bass guitarist. What is it that she plays? She plays the bass guitar. Yeah, I think that's cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, she's really cool. I mean, I think that probably to me is like a, a little bit more of an interesting introduction. Yeah, should I've done right. that, like and, that? And shorter. Well, like this woman plays the bass guitar, she rocks. Well, I've 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 interviewed uh, Ruth, as you know. And as you've listened to it, you will know that uh, we talk about this in the interview. Oh, right. Oh, oh dear. It just goes to show I haven't listened to the interview. But you will now. now. You'll hear it now. So uh, so she's an amazing person. And we'll talk a little bit about her and some of the things she says afterwards. Uh, But this is a fairly long, so settle in. (laughs) It's a really great interview. I say that because I did it. And uh, I think the real skill is in the interviewing. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a really great interview in that she says some brilliant things. Uh, so, uh, so this is when I met Ruth Jackson. Podcast. 
This is a very strange and surreal thing for me because we are back in the recording studios at Premier Christian Communications, uh, which, uh, which is where I spent much of my early life. I say my early life, I wasn't like <laughs> discovered here as a child. <laughs> prodigy. Yeah, but I, I'm here because uh, I'm here with a rather wonderful new editor of Premier Youth and Children's Work magazine. That's the correct title, isn't it? That is. Thank you. Title. It's difficult well for me, you yeah. see. It's difficult <laughs> for me. Um, uh, Ruth Jackson. Hello. Hello, Ruth. Uh, thank you for inviting me in and providing us with probably the best quality recording we'll ever have on the Youthscape podcast. Oh, you are very welcome. This one bit will sound brilliant. You do your own. You do your own podcast, don't I you? Do do my own podcast. When does it? When is that monthly? It is monthly. Yeah. You can get that month. on yeah. iTunes. Yeah. Sounds a lot better than ours. Well, that's just because we use the studio. So yeah. it's basically a chance for me to just play with fun equipment. Okay. But not break it, obviously. Don't break the do equipment. No, nope. absolutely. So, um, but you don't have Rachel Gardner. No, so, I don't have Rachel Gardner. That's so that's, true. that's what we have on ours. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Uh, so look, I, I just thought it would be really great to catch up with you as you stand at the, uh, the beginning of this new chapter mm-hmm. for the magazine, which has gone through a bit of a, a metamorphosis over the last, what, 18 months, maybe yeah. two years. Um, and uh, and now looks very different. And I just thought it'd be great to sort of get to know you a bit and uh, and and also talk talk a bit about the magazine and where you see it going. Um, people might not know that uh, the magazine has has changed. So mm. people might be familiar with Youth Book Magazine, yeah. but it's not that anymore, is it? No. So it. Oh, I'm trying to think when it changed. So the first ever issue of Youth and Children's Work in its current guise it was January this year so january 2017 so before that there was youth work magazine and there was children's work magazine yeah and then it mashed together to create the very creative title of youth and children's work magazine. i imagine there was a long <laughs> creative meeting no seriously we had a whole day where we got like external people in really? and for a whole day we discussed like what well, the aims the vision <laughs> like all of the different you know the things that were important to us what we wanted it to say and by the end of the day we'd come up with primary youth and children's work magazine <laughs> well I, I see how you got there yeah was there a hilarious rejected title for oh, the magazine? Oh, many, many. Are you allowed I to say what any of them are? I think the best was Premier Spice. Premier Spice? Oh, gosh, yeah. Wow. Well, because we were sort of like, you know, what what are we? Like, we're maybe trying to be a bit of a prophetic voice into the youth and children's work world. We're like a bit of a hug for youth and children's workers. We're encouraging, we're, we're challenging, all of that. And and so we were thinking, you know, like maybe Salt and Light. And someone was like, Premier Pepper. Oh, yeah. And I was like, uh, well, yeah. we, well, maybe think about that. But yeah, yeah. from Spice, from Is that because like salt had already, Script yeah. Junior had already mm-hmm. got salt. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. like, well, we could be Pepper. Yeah, so we were constantly Googling all the names that came up. And obviously okay. most of them were kind of taken. But yeah. <laughs> unsurprisingly, Premier Spice, not taken. I mean, so. Premier Spice sounds like a sort of a, a low budget food mm-hmm. that you'd get from it like a like corner those, shop. Well, it, And it sounds like those packets that stay in your cupboard forever yeah. and never get used. Premier Spice. Yeah. Like yeah. five spice, but, but premier it, version. Of course, if you'd then taken over mm-hmm. as as editor, yeah. you would have been the Spice Girl. <laughs> oh, I didn't think that. So you should have thought <gasps> I ahead. Should have thought ahead. Should have been more ambitious. It's probably not too late to change it. No, no. Anyway, uh, so so that well, that's an mm-hmm. insight certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the magazine is 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 how do people get hold of a copy? Because do, do you do an offer where you give people a sample? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go youthandchildrens.work which is a rather strange yeah. website address, but that is the website address, youthandchildrens.work slash free copy. Or if you just go youthandchildrens.work, 
it was very obvious how to get a free coffee. There's a whole tab at the top that says free coffee. Awesome. So get a free coffee. It's free. It's, it's free. a free coffee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and check out more about the magazine. If you haven't seen it already, if you haven't seen the new version of it, it's really worth seeing. Uh, I do some stuff in it, mm-hmm. which you won't be interested in. But Rachel Gardner has a column. <laughs> she does have Which a you will be interested in. So, so pick that up. Did you, in one of the recent issues, Rachel did like the most encouraging yeah. article ever. Oh, it was beautiful. I wanted to cry. Wasn't it lovely? She, she basically was just like thanking everyone for all the work they did over the summer and it was beautiful. Did you know that in the same issue of the magazine I had an article which was basically called like... What if you think you're not good enough? Yeah, what if you're a total <laughs> failure and should probably give up now? If you think you're a failure, just read Rachel Gardner's column. That's exactly. what you should have said exactly. at the end of it. That was a great bit of scheduling, yeah. whoever, whoever <laughs> pulled the strings. That's very impressive. <laughs> very impressive. So, um, uh, so yeah, so you've taken over. So, so you know, you stand at the beginning of your reign, mm-hmm. uh, like like Queen Elizabeth. I'm feeling really nervous now. Yeah, <laughs> I've, bl- like, I've built it up for you in a yeah. way that you hadn't. Um, but um, uh, what are you feeling about the role, and and what are you hoping to do with the magazine over the coming? months and years I'm nodding realising that you can't actually see a nod on a podcast and there was no need to nod then because you asked me a question um, yeah. I think when when we heard that the magazine was going to merge so youth and children youth work and children's work were going to become one magazine if I'm honest my heart dropped and I just was a bit like flip how on earth are we going to speak to people that are working with naught to three-year-olds and people that are working with sort of 18 to 24-year-olds. Mm. But actually, I have been overwhelmed by the positive response that we've heard from both youth and children's workers. It's, you know, it's obviously not been without its difficulties, but that's been really exciting. And I do think there's something about kind of being a prophetic voice and saying that we do need to be more joint up in our thinking and what we often find is that we have um, people coming into our youth groups at sort of 14, 15 and, and then falling away and we blame the youth work and mm. actually what if we go back to well you wrote an article about this a while ago actually I think didn't you like what if we go back to the children's work and, and maybe the issue was in the children's work maybe it was you know the issue was kind of the way that our children were learning things sort of pre seven, eight, nine. Yeah. and actually tragic as it is a lot of the stuff that affected 14, 15 year olds 10 years ago, so pornography, mental health, things like that, it just is, and, and, and we we could forget about it or, and pretend that it's not happening, but but actually the stats are there, you know, people, the average age of people looking at porn is nine years old now, mm, and mm. so, we, like some of the stuff that was affecting teenagers is now affecting children, so I think we've got to wake up to the idea that actually we do need to be more joined up in the way that we yeah. think about things, and, and, that, and there's also, with budget cuts and things like that, a lot of people were finding that where they did have a separate youth worker and a separate children's worker, they've now got a family's worker. Yeah. And that seems to be more and more of a thing. So so I'm really excited about that. It, you know, what felt like a terrifying thing is actually, I think, now seems like a really good thing. Mm. And that's a terrifying thing because my background is more youth work. So there's a lot that I kind of... A lot of gaps in my knowledge, but we've got some great children's workers on board and we've just got our new deputy editor who's a children's worker. So that's been really cool to kind of fill in the gaps of my knowledge but I'm just I'm mainly just really excited actually I think I love them you know for years I was a volunteer youth worker and religiously read my copy of Youth Work magazine I didn't subscribe to Children's Work magazine little disclaimer but I loved it and I loved kind of meeting up with other youth workers and hearing what they were up to and I'm just really excited if I can be even like even a tenth of the influence that I was that that the magazine had on me when I was Mm, a volunteer youth mm. worker and I just think 
it's it's such an amazing publication because there's so many great writers and what an amazing opportunity to kind of get that into the hands of mm. other people mm. and I think there's so many people who don't subscribe to the magazine and I would really love to just get it out to as many people as possible mm. not for a, our glory thing but just for a this is such a helpful resource and you really need to yeah yeah, yeah. so alright tricky question because I, I think about this a lot because I've obviously been involved in the magazine mm. for most of my adult life terrifyingly um, but um uh, you know, in a in an age of sort of web based articles mm. and all that stuff, you know, what is the place now of a monthly magazine? Um, because obviously, you know, your Facebook feed is just full all the time of read my article. Uh, I, I realise it's me saying this, uh, <laughs> but you know, lots of people saying I've just written this thing on a on a website or I've just written a blog. Uh, read what I've got to say. What then still is the place of uh, of a monthly title like like yours? Yeah, so I think you know you've got to acknowledge and move with the times in the fact that people read everything on their smartphones and all of that, and and I think that's that's true in a lot of our well, all of our content is available online, um, and if you're a subscriber, you get everything, you know, back copies of everything, all completely free online, which is really helpful. But I do think, and not to over-spiritualise everything, but I think there's something about that kind of Sabbath rest and just taking time to think. And, you know, if you're a youth or a children's worker and you're trying to sort of plan your next month's content or think about what you want to do on Sunday, actually to just sit and have some time out and pray and and read the magazine. And, you know, maybe you just read a, a couple of articles in one sitting or maybe you read it cover to cover. You know, I've got a lot of friends who read it on a Saturday morning, like they read the whole thing in mm. one go. And actually, I think there is something really inspiring about that. And, you know, our design is brilliant and it looks great and it feels great and it smells amazing. That's it does smell really, amazing. It, really it does good, smell amazing. It? You're right. And so I think there's something about that kind of experiential sitting with a coffee and just having a bit of time for yourself and and using it. You know, you might not agree with everything in the magazine. And actually, I would hope that you wouldn't agree with everything in the magazine, but it can still challenge and provoke you and, mm. and get you thinking about how you could set that up in your context. And I, I think as well, one of the most helpful sections in the magazine is the resources section. Mm. And actually to be able to kind of photocopy that, it is all available online, but to be able to photocopy that and to kind of have the hard copy in front of you when you're mm. doing some of those sessions can be really helpful. Uh, I mean, with web articles, they say that people, about 2% of people actually get to the last line. Mm. So there is something about the way that we consume media yeah. these days, online particularly, that means we're not really reading it properly. We're mm. not really processing it properly. And it's true, the, the sort of experience of sitting there with a tactile you know, object in your hands that smells great mm. and, uh, and, and feels good and uh, just causes you to sort of sit and relax and take time yeah. out. It's a totally different thing and you will actually read the article in a different way. Yeah, and you can go back to it again and again. You know, even now, um, I've got my back catalogue from, from when I was a volunteer youth worker. Just, you know, rows and rows of them on my shelf. I hear that was where... a golden age oh, for the magazine. Then. The last couple of editors were a bit dodgy. <laughs> But I would go, you know, I'd go back to it. I'd be like, oh, well, there was that article about whatever. And I'd pick it out and I'd go back to it. And actually it was it was brilliant. I used to love kind of sharing it around all the other volunteer youth workers. And we'd all kind of chat about stuff. And I think, you know, with the kind of the death of the zeitgeist, for want of a better word, mm -hmm. with, with people kind of consuming media as and when they want on demand and all of that, you do kind of lose that let's chat about stuff. And I think there's something really nice about getting together with a bunch of youth and children's workers and everyone having read the same mm -hmm. thing and, mm -hmm. and being like, well, I didn't agree with that, but what mm -hmm. do you think about that? And there's something really nice about sort of creating that community. And that's one of my real visions as well, is that we create just this community where so many youth and children's workers, particularly if you're in quite a rural setting or, you know, doing detached youth work, you sort of feel like you're the only person doing that you're the only person that's ever struggled with that you're the only person that's had that really difficult question that really difficult situation 
and just creating that environment where like no you're not the only person there's a whole heap of people out here even if you've never met them before you know hopefully you can connect through conferences or online stuff whatever but just to know that actually you're really valued and you're really cherished mm. and going back to that Rachel Gardner thing like thank you for all the work you do yeah <laughs> I mean, you blew me away you blew me away um so just wiping away a tear there. well no, there's a couple of things i want to say first of all i see something in your eye there i see you've got the sort of you've got a little bit of a passion for youth leaders and mm. and, and and equipping youth workers um and is that something that's sort of grown as you've been in the role as you've started to kind of understand the needs of the of the people who mm. read these magazines is that is that what it is because it seems like oh you you know, you actually feel pretty passionate about this. Well, I think, um, so my dad's a vicar and I always grew up, Jamie will love that. He says that there's only three things I ever talk about and one of them is the fact that my dad's a vicar. So I've ticked that off now. Very good, well um, done. And so I was, you know, I grew up kind of in the church, always tiny little churches. He was a church planter. And so my job was always whatever needed to be done. So, I, you know, I made a lot of tea, I, I led a lot of worship, but I also did a lot of youth and children's work because there was never anyone under the age of 70. And he seemed to think that that would be what I would be good at. So, you know, for, for as long as I can remember, I've been doing youth and children's work. And um, and then I spent uh, seven or eight, no, eight years doing youth work, volunteer youth work at HCB and um, seeing a group of girls from 11 to 18, which was just the most incredible privilege. Mm. And so I think I've seen it from the perspective of I'm a volunteer youth worker. You know, I was doing a full time job at the BBC, crazy filming all the time and um, very little time. But just seeing how much the youth workers there just poured into me and cared about me and, you know, cared that I was equipped and I went through some really tricky situations with my young people when I was there um, you know I had a girl nearly die of anorexia when I was there and I just felt so supported by the youth team and I just think actually if I can do even yeah even a tiny bit of what they did for mm. me that's so important because I was really blessed in that we were a huge it was a big youth team yeah. and, and so they really had the resources and the time to invest in people but actually you know the volunteer youth workers who don't have someone looking after them and, and maybe the only person they um go into is, is the pastor and for whatever reason they do care about youth work but it's not their natural gifting and so and they don't have the time to kind of stretch themselves out and look after all the volunteers so I do feel really passionately about it and I think it's partly from having been a volunteer youth mm. worker myself mm. but also I just think actually unless we reignite the passion in our young people we are not going to have a church left do you know what I mean like I, I, our youth are not the church that it's said all the time our youth are not the church of tomorrow they're the church of today and actually if we don't buck up our ideas and do something about it we're not going to have a church and so I think one way to get young people is to get youth workers excited yeah mm. and uh, and probably we need more more youth workers mm. as well so yeah and I think I don't know I meet so many people who are like well I'm not cool enough you know I don't wear ripped jeans blah blah, blah. and, and uh, all the research says that actually young people just want a listening ear you know yeah. they want the granddads they don't necessarily want someone who knows who Stormzy is they kind of probably want someone who doesn't know who Stormzy is because then they can introduce them to Stormzy yeah, yeah. And, um, and actually I think actually we need to just start doing it we need to just start saying look you're a person you can mm. do you you know there's a, there's a fine line isn't there because I think we do need to give our people proper training and, and mm. we do I think often we're like well I don't really know what you're good at why don't you do the youth work and actually I think that's not that's not cool we want the best of the best to be doing our youth work but at the same time I think anyone can do it so yeah, it's that yeah. I mean I'm definitely contradicting myself there that's all right but I think we do need a bit of both we'll edit any mistakes <laughs> that you might well, we good. probably won't we'll probably just leave them in it'll feel Fair it'll enough. feel more honest I'll edit it before sending it that's back a to great you. idea yeah, yeah of course let me sound brilliant. really clever brilliant um 
so we we talked about your your life before mm. a little bit, and you have had a very interesting life. I'm very interesting. And life so too. so I wonder if these are the other things you always talk about, apart from your dad being a vicar. Uh, but uh, but you were uh, you you used to be a producer on Blue Peter. Blue Peter is the other thing I always talk right? about, according to Jamie. Yeah. So I was a I was a development researcher. So I effectively came up with the ideas for Blue Peter. Wow, what idea um, did you come up with that I might have heard of? Well, I, I did a lot of the um, makes and bakes. So, you know, oh, the, yeah. the here's one I made earlier. A lot yeah. of those ideas would be mine. I would then take it to the art director and he'd make something look gorgeous. Okay. Um, but I also, I mean, my main thing was helping to develop other people's ideas, oh. which, which again, I think my passion for kind of nurturing other people, nurturing other youth workers came. So people would come to me with like an idea that was kind of okay and we would work on it together and then yeah, it would be yeah. amazing. And it was really exciting to kind of see their idea really flourish. Great. Um, my job was also to be like, well, that's not going to work within the budget. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and also, this might be the other thing. Mm. You're in a band. Oh no, that's not the other oh. thing. The other thing is that I'm a twin, oh, which he says I always talk about. But... You are in a twin. Yeah. But you are. You're, you're not in a twin. In a twin. <laughs> no, let's yeah. let's do that again. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that doesn't on any level. Uh, and the and. You are a twin. I am a twin. So uh, is your twin sister the one that's in Lame Is? No, that's my little sister. I've got another sister. I've got another sister. So I, I feel bad now for your twin sister. Uh, yeah. I, I built her up. <laughs> so one of your sisters in Lame Is. Yes. Very good. I just saw it the other day. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then you're in a band. That's the other I thing that we band. mustn't lose sight no, of. I am in So tell me about your band. So, um... Yeah, so I'm in a rock and roll band. It's an all-girl rock and roll band, which is pretty cool. So it's 50s, 60s rock and roll. So a lot of Elvis, Little Richard, that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, I play bass and we all sing and we all dress up 50s and 60s. So I spend most of my time with my hair in curlers on a train. Do you do weddings? We do a lot, lot of weddings. Lot yeah. weddings. weddings, parties, like anniversary parties, lots of like 60th birthday parties. National Youth Ministry Weekend 2018. Sure, let's do it. Let's, let's do that. Do you know what? I love it though, because none of them are Christians. Oh. So, um, so it's a really good, cool, but it's, it's so interesting. So we're kind of a collective um i'm the only girl like rend like rend <laughs> pretty like much rend. but you know without jesus in the middle um so i'm the only girl who is not in musical theater the rest oh. of them are all in musical theater so because of that they're all often in shows doing really exciting things okay um i'm only the only one who sort of sits at a desk all day um and because of that like there's six of us so it's um trumpet baritone saxophone tenor saxophone uh bass drums and guitar um but because they're all often in shows we have kind of two or three girls that play each part so that there's probably about 24 of us wow. now kind of in total um so which is really fun because sometimes you turn up to a gig and you've not even met the person let ah. alone played with them before which is really fun that makes for kind of <laughs> exciting what do we do now oh jump solo go for it that doesn't feel like you do you're not in a band that sounds like you work for a, a, a large talent agency <laughs> maybe, where they just maybe. send out session musicians but it's really interesting every single one of them has some sort of like christian influence like huh. so you know whether it's like a best friend who's a christian or um grew up in the church or went to girls brigade when they were little and so i've just had the most amazing conversations wow. with pretty much all of them wow which is really cool and i met um so because i'm i'm the bassist but there's a few other girls that play bass when i can't which is basically never because i always say yes because i'm yeah. always free <laughs> um <laughs> the rest of them are always in really cool shows um but occasionally other bassists play and we had like a christmas dinner last christmas and i met one of the other bassists and one of the first things she said to me was you're a christian aren't you oh. and i was like oh okay straight away sure yeah I'm a Christian and wow. we just went straight up I mean I hardly even knew her name before we were kind of having these big deep conversations about God which is really cool yeah mm. I like to imagine that you also had like a bass guitar off oh yeah like, and you like had a to... riff off yeah exactly yeah like pitch perfect but on yeah. the bass yeah, yeah on the did. bass it would yeah, be quite boring on the did. bass wouldn't it unless you sort of oh. play some level 42 oh no 
Have I got the bass wrong? The bass is like, no, yeah, it's fairly boring. I mean, no one goes out to play the bass, do they? That's the thing. It's a kind of, it's no. something you fall into. I thought you were going to say no one goes out with bass players. No one goes out with bass players. Because you go for the drummer, don't you? Yeah, I don't know, true. apparently. <laughs> uh, so one more thing, uh, because just cycling through your employment history, mm-hmm. as we are, mm-hmm. you also spent some time at the Oxford Centre for Christian Apologetics. You totally got that right. That was very impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and apologetics is a massive interest area for mm. you isn't it and uh, and obviously still with you know all these musicians you keep meeting yeah. uh, you're doing it now um, but that's that's still part of your life isn't yes. it is that's still part of your work here yeah so it's really funny I I mean I've effectively I'd been doing a lot of apologetics before I even knew what the word meant which is stupid because I did Greek as part of my theology degree so I could have figured out what it meant um, but I basically got into it when I was at school one of my friends well, like one of my best friends dad died of um, well killed himself and that just absolutely threw my theology of a good God. I'd kind of grown up in a really blessed situation, like nothing really bad had happened to me, and it just absolutely knocked me for six. And so I kind of read everything I could possibly read about suffering without knowing that that was apologetics. So actually my foray into apologetics was very much a heart thing. And, I, and to be honest, I think apologetics is always always a heart thing. Mm. Um, but so that sort of started my interest in it. And I think because I got so interested in it when I was younger, I then realised that this is a really helpful tool for um, for non-Christians who, you know, I just think for a lot of young people now, like apathy is a huge issue, but also before you can even start talking about the Bible or start talking about the cross, you've got so much work to do because for a lot of young people, there's just an assumption that the Bible's not true. There's just an assumption that God can't exist because of science. There's just an assumption that, you know, suf- the, the presence of suffering means that there can be no God. And so you've got to kind of almost get rid of all that head stuff before you can start engaging with the heart. And that's not to say that the two the two should absolutely go together. So when I was at the Oxford Centre for Christian Apologetics, I wasn't doing any youth-related stuff, actually. I was there doing media and press stuff. Mm. And, um, and I saw that they were doing loads of great stuff with adults and loads of great stuff with students. And I kind of said, you know, would you ever do stuff with young people? Because obviously young people have got these questions too. And they were like, yeah, we've really been wanting to do stuff but we don't really know many youth workers you know have you got any thoughts and so we kind of put our heads together and came up with this idea of doing a youth apologetics conference thinking maybe you know 50 really keen CU leaders might, might come yeah we had 400 young people in the first thing we did and, and this it, is and this now- is reboot Reboot, yeah, and there's now like fifteen hundred people that come. It's it's moved to they've got Reboot Asia, they've got like Reboot Europe. Do you it's, get a cut of the royalties on that bad boy? Unfortunately not. Oh, um, you, if you were American, you would have done a much better deal <laughs> yeah. on that. I can tell you now. But it's just it's really exciting, and, and and the thing is as well, I think their vision was to maybe equip super keen Christian people that wanted to do apologetics whereas yeah. I was always a bit like actually you know this is an evangelism thing I, th- mm. I think because there are so many young people who have these questions sure there'll be Christians that come but actually the idea should be that they bring their non-Christian friends yeah. and that's what we found that you know year after year there were tons of people that would become Christians at these events which is amazing yeah that is amazing you know it starts off with worship and it's pretty hardcore and you've got people like John Lennox speaking and then and then people are becoming Christians so it's yeah that's it's pretty cool that is brilliant so uh, I, I probably shouldn't ask you where's next on the checkered career path but <laughs> I mean it's, it's been quite a journey so far that would be amazing but um, but look I'm really excited that you're going to be in this role at, uh, at Premier Youth and Children's Work magazine mm. and uh, and again if you want to get a free copy of that uh, you can get that sent to your door by you going can. to youthandchildrens.work dot work dot work so it's like a, I, don't even I thought know they were countries we, yeah maybe it's like worker Slovakia I don't think so. <laughs> didn't even... And on that bombshell, <laughs> thanks for coming on the Youthscape podcast.
the Youthscape Podcast. She is brilliant and she's involved with so many things. I think one of the very first months that she edited, there was lots of really interesting conversations about young people's views on gender and sexuality. And I remember thinking then, yeah, this is the woman that really wants to help mm, young people and youth mm, workers think mm. think well about this stuff. Mm. And the, the sound quality of that yeah. interview, though, yeah, is, it was great. Was amazing. Was that up here? It, it was because it was in a recording studio. In, in the at oh, premiere. Oh, have yeah. <laughs> so it was slightly better. Oh, I see. Well, you're sorry, friends. You're back to Oz and our little portable. Microphone on a stool. Looks like an eyeball. It does look like an eyeball. But listening back to that interview, though, what, what was it that, that struck you mm. listening back about? There's a couple of things about Ruth that I think are brilliant. One, um, she invested herself in a particular group of young people, actually girls, mm. and uh, she got them sort of as a, a youth cell group. Uh, as part of the church she was serving when she was uh, uh, when she was quite young and still working at the BBC, and they were uh, eleven. And she stuck with them. And then when they got to about 15, 16, she actually got married and moved quite a long way away. Um, But she made a commitment to those young people. And so she kept commuting back to run that youth group for the next two years to see them through to age 18. And that's a great example of a youth leader, like going, I mean, literally the extra mile, you know, to to see that commitment through. And I think that's an amazing thing about, says a lot about her and her integrity. the other thing about that interview that was really exciting for me, as a as a former editor of the magazine, I don't know if I mentioned that before, who who therefore feels a little bit jealous about the role. Mm. Not jealous as in I'm jealous someone yes, else is doing it, but, you but want I, it to be good. I want it yeah. to be the best person. Yeah. And uh, and something I really noticed from Ruth when she was um, talking is that she's just, she's got the bug. And it's something that happened to me as editor as well. And it's something actually, a sort of, you know, not to over-spiritualise it, that God seemed to do yeah. with me was just say, right, I am putting you in this role and your responsibility is to be really desperately, passionately in, interested in the lives of youth workers particularly. Not just young people, but in youth workers, youth leaders. And I saw that in her eyes as well. Do you know, I was like, yes. oh, here's someone who really gets it, who yeah. gets that there's this amazing workforce, some of them paid, some of them not, right across the UK, who need to be invested in, who some, some of them are flying, some of them are really struggling and desperately need an arm around the shoulder and your responsibility is to really invest mm. in and resource those people and and I got that, that I looking got that at her I was like oh something's changed in ah. you like you as you've taken on this role this kind of authority has I've got a bit Pentecostal no good you know, this, good. this this authority is going to come over you and, and I thought it was amazing so uh, she is your editor ladies yes. and gentlemen and she's going to be brilliant and, at it. and isn't it just outrageously phenomenal that we have for the cost of a couple of quid a month yeah we have a magazine with just with somebody editing it like that as you say has got that real heart to champion that space and to draw our attention to things that matter like yeah. the new stuff I mean this sounds like a big advert for the magazine and we weren't, we weren't planning no, to no. but actually we can be a little bit dismissive sometimes of, of the, the amount of stuff that we have that, we're, that we have access to in the UK that we have yeah. so many resources yeah. Yeah. and there's little nuggets in there that I find so helpful to extend my thinking and to have it in the hands of someone like Ruth and, and the rest of the team who genuinely care is just brilliant. Well, so do, you know, do you know why we know Dr. Len Kegler? Hello, Dr. Len Kegler, and is all it, at Nyack. Is it because of...? It's because they, they, in the Nyack College, New York uh, library, they subscribe to UFOC magazine. And, and Len r- read it from cover to cover every month. And Does he would email me oh. and say, there's nothing like this in the US. Yeah. 
it's really important please keep going and so obviously when people say yeah. that they become my friend they do don't they that's a nice quick easy win does um does he write for it len no i mean he's right, terrible on, writer Ruth. is he <laughs> sorry len, len that was a joke sure you are great writer um but yeah we need to get him to do some articles don't we that'd be phenomenal yeah, come on. so um one really interesting thing that comes out of that uh, interview and out of the very name of the magazine now, mm. Youth and Children's Work. Gosh, Interested yes. to know what you think about this. Well, the schmushing together you know of youth and children's well, work. Well, I'm going to probably alienate some of my dear listeners now because when Jamie, dear Jamie, sent me an email saying that's what's happening and could I write, can I write an article for it? I was like, yeah, absolutely. But my initial reaction was, but what a shame that it's all been mushed mm. together because I... I I do feel quite jealous for youth ministry and I, I'm passionate about children's ministry but I think it is different youth ministry is different we, we are different we come have different backgrounds often we've got different issues that we face with young people but what I love about the magazine is that it doesn't do a this half is for the children's bit and this half is for youth and it recognises that actually as, as practitioners we need to get a lot better at the transition stages mm, and I think mm. that is where traditionally the children's work, youth work mm, stuff has, mm. has fallen down. The, the transition between the two is really clunky and we're not really learning from each other. So I think I will be one of those slightly grumpy youth workers that is will always, but no, not grumpy, passionate, that's always passionate for youth ministry to have its role and have its voice and have its place, have its experts, its practitioners. Um, but I also think that I'm, I'm learning quite a lot from my children's ministry friends mm -hmm. that is really important for yeah. youth ministry. I think I agree with you. In the, in the ideal world, mm. we'd have two magazines still. We'd have mm. youth work, we'd have children's work. And uh, I, I don't know that the ecosystem can mm. quite s sort of support those two magazines anymore. Mm. And so actually, uh, for, for somewhat pragmatic reasons, the two have joined together. But actually, in the context of that, launching all sorts of new initiatives mm. and new ideas and there's a new resource thing well, coming that's out it. i mean that's the that, that's the crazy thing and i did feel really humbled by this reading the, the youth and children's work magazine um i suddenly began to read stuff from people i've never heard of mm. and that made me suddenly go oh my goodness we are so closeted in our little yeah, communities yeah, little don't to children's ministry. or just other voices yeah. like and um social workers and teachers and so i think actually that's been a really good idea yeah. for me like yeah. oh gosh i thought i knew everyone who cares about young people and kids no i don't this is just like a touch of the uh, tip of the iceberg so that's been great to be exposed yeah. to a whole new bank of thinking and and wrestling with this but time. this isn't an advert so other no. other magazines are available tv times is that still available <laughs> grazia still get, you still grazia. get tv times i have no idea good grief no grazia the week i get do the read, weekend do you read grazia well, I flick through Grazia. There's a few pages that I read that make me giggle. Okay. Um, and actually, my favourite bit in Grazia used to always be they used to take photos of random women, like in Bath that week, and then oh, just the, kind the, of the, like, the not in the bath. Right. <laughs> Sorry, what? That's a different magazine. That's a different magazine. And just like, oh, she's wearing this. And, and it would always be like, oh, yeah, I got this from my granny's closet and I bought this in Primark. And I used to love that, like seeing what real women are, made, are wearing. They don't have that bit anymore. Aww. So I'm gutted about that. Uh, the week, I read the week every week. Right. Very good. The only thing I get apart from uh, Premier Youth and Children's Selwyn Work Hughes. magazine and daily devotional notes from Selwyn Hughes uh, is uh, is Paw Patrol Monthly. Oh. Uh, we get that to our house. <laughs> so we get a Paw Patrol. That requires an adult to actually intentionally like order that. I mean, I would kind of go, oh, yeah, 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 to my child. But do you, to actually. <laughs> do you know we took. We I don't know if I'll ever have a chance to tell this story otherwise. So okay, we on. took a group of young people for, rubber a, bath? for a Bible study okay. at Lambeth Palace with the Archbishop of Canterbury oh, the other day. Yes, that's right. And um, my childcare fell through. 
So uh, on, on that particular day of the week, someone was supposed to be looking after my three-year-old, yeah. Zachary, who uh, couldn't do it at the last minute. And so I had to take Zachary <laughs> to Lambeth Palace for a Bible study with teenagers oh. and the Archbishop of Canterbury. Oh my goodness. And it was amazing. And bless him, on the way there, I, I, I bought a new copy of oh. Paul Patrol Monthly. Yeah. Um, and it comes with little stickers in it. And, just... and he sat there and literally, if you can picture the scene, in this grand room at Lambeth Palace, the Archbishop of Canterbury is leading a beautiful Bible study mm. on the prodigal son. Teenagers totally engaged. And then right in the corner, you know, a little three-year-old just doing his little stickers. And I was like, is this, should I have planned better? Oh, should I have better? Do you know, no, it was okay. It's beautiful. It was okay. No, that's a very, that's good pre-planning. And how wonderful that you're a daddy that looks after children well, hands on. Do you know what was glorious was Justin Welby and Zachary had a conversation oh. about Paw Patrol. Because he's a he grandpa, can, isn't he? Justin? Isn't he great? Justin Welby, yeah. he can talk about the banks, he can write yeah. books on finance, he can challenge the world, he can hold together the Anglican mm. communion, and he can hold a conversation with a three-year-old about Paw Patrol. What a guy. What a guy. Right. We love you, Justin. Right, okay, here we go. Right. (laughs) That was our attempt to be little puppets. That was good, wasn't it? Ella Curtis style. We got the box. What's in the box? Open up the box. Guess what's in the box, little yeah. friends. Right, you, can, you can follow this along on uh, our Patreon site, yes. patreon.com slash youthgate. Patreon.com stroke Patreon.com slash, not stroke. Not stro- <laughs> stroke youthscape. Patreon.com slash youthscape. Yes, brilliant. Um, so, uh, so here is the box. Oh. For the audio that listeners, you did that for the audio, yeah. uh, and I've never done, I've never opened it. Do you know this is the third time we've played it? I've not opened it yet. So that's no, nice. So box. we're going to play what's in the box. Uh, there is a youth culture phenomenon of yesteryear in here. We are going to work out what it is and answer a series of questions. Yes. Ready? Here we go. Oh, and, oh. oh. do you know what this is? Oh. Well, my era. Oh, I'm wow. so into this. Look. Look, ladies and gentlemen, Look. it is. Look at that. Basically, they're rubbery, they're circular, they have things like WWJD on them and everything else that goes. They are wristbands! They're beautiful, aren't they? I mean, they, we have so much mileage, so much mile time, haven't we, with wristbands as a Christian community? I yeah. mean, what organisation has not produced wristbands? Youthscape. Have we not produced No, we don't, oh, except Romance Academy. Romance Academy, Academy. Yeah, you see, yeah, okay. we've got there. Amazing, and actually, I have to say, I've I've got it's not a funny story about wristbands, but I've got a story about it, and this involves a lovely friend of mine who works in Harrogate, and uh, it's when the whole um, snap bands were really big. Do you remember that? Oh, we had different colour snap bands, and the black one. Well, I think they changed colour depending on probably your school and your postcode. Yeah. But for this particular part of um, Harrogate, it was um, black one. If you snapped a black one, it was sex. Basically, you went and right. snapped someone's black wristbands, snapbands on their wrist. Yeah. That's it. They're gonna have sex. They had to have sex with you. Well, well, they, they. I mean, in in theory, right. <laughs> they had to have sex with you. Whether okay. that ever happened doesn't okay. matter. But my friend Andy was so incensed about this that he got on the phone and said, "Rachel, what are you gonna do about it? Ah. You're on Romance Academy. What are you gonna do about it?" And you also ah. said, "I will send you a couple of hundred quid to make you do something about it." And so we created the Unbreakable Band, which was a black band with Unbreakable in gold, yeah. and inside a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And we had teenagers ringing us up telling us they could break it. <laughs> yeah, you need to put like reinforced steel <laughs> in there or something in the middle. But they were so popular, we sold loads and loads of wow. thousands. Can you still get those? 
you on actually the Escape can. store? You can still get them on the Escape store. Oh, so now cute. people use it more in terms of like if you're going through a romance academy course you can wear it. I don't think it has the same resonance for young people today. But at the time, kids were wearing it to school. And there were things like they were getting detentions because they were wearing an unbreakable band. They're like, yeah, I'm wearing this because I'm not going to sleep around. Detention. Like, Brilliant. Yeah, look at me. Brilliant. So it was like, it's great radical kids Brilliant. being persecuted. So, um, so uh, what is it? I think we've answered. When was it popular? Are we saying sort of Well, I think in the Christian sub-community, it is always popular. Right. Don't you think? Yeah. I guess they sort of emerged around Make Poverty History, didn't they? Was that when they were first popularised? Because the WWJD were kind of pre-rubber bands, weren't they? They were kind yeah. of the more fabric-y ones, well, they? Well, they? they were woven. Oh, they were like woven. friendship bands. Oh, my goodness, hard yeah. work. Yeah, they were. In some kind of yeah. underpaid places. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. paid probably for it. Um, whereas those probably are late 90s, I Maybe. guess, being of 2000s. Well, well, we've got the answers in the right, set, so we'll find out. I think 2005. Okay. Oh, do you think 2005? And I've got that in my head for some reason. Right, okay. Was that when Make Poverty History was? Or is time just accelerating away from me as I head fast into old age? Yes, as we... Have you, have you got any funny stories? I've got a, I've got a semi-funny story. I, I, I mean, I don't have funny stories full stop, do I really? No, you do. Don't say that. I don't have very many. You tell us you're funny. Well, it's not funny, but, um, but I um, got to know one of the other dads at my son's football, which I seem to mention every week. <laughs> uh, was wearing big church day out wristbands, oh. which meant I was like, that was like a secret handshake. Mm. It was like a secret way of him saying, I'm a Christian. Ah, so it's the yeah. old fish on the back of the car. It's, that's what it is. It's been replaced by a big right. church day out wristband. Mm, yeah. Or an unbreakable wristband. Yeah, I mean, I, do you know what I did actually? Was I was Googling BCDO to see if it could stand for anything else. Oh. So like, what if it's something really rude or offensive? Oh. And I go up to him and say, hey, big church day out. And he says, no, you know, yes. big cats yes. don't. Yeah, yeah, let's not maybe finish that if it's something oh. offensive. Um, but like, yeah, that's a really good point. I suppose it's young people today, young people today, my young people at our church go to New Wine and we also go to Cell Survivor and they go to Greenbow and we yeah. do all of it. So by the end of the summer, got a nice little little um, arm full of wristbands. That's yeah. quite cool. I think that's kind of a place that now, isn't it? You, you know when the kid wears the, the Soul Survivor wristband all goes, the way into like September, yeah, October and it starts to go a bit brown? Yes, yeah, great. No, stop doing that. <laughs> That's disgusting. Oh, it's great. I think you it's can actually, brilliant. it's like, it smells. And it's, like, it's just smell. a bit of paper. It does smell. That's, that's yeah, not good. It's, it's not healthy. No, it's not healthy. But oh, it's cool. No it's good. alternative. Right. Can you use, can you use the wristband, the humble wristband in a youth work talk illustration? Well, I mean, there's the classic what's written on it, isn't there? So you've got the kind of the four icons. They do a wristband about yeah. how you explain your faith. But the idea of a wristband, something around your wrist... Um, I'd have to give that a little bit more thought. Yeah. I can no is the answer. You, yeah, you can't so, think the, of one. so no, I can't. No, let's just be honest. <laughs> right, opening the envelope of truth. Uh, oh, look at that. Charity wristbands, May 2004. No, that's not bad, is it? Made popular by Lance Armstrong's awkward Live Strong campaign, very quickly oh. became the fashion to wear as many as possible. So it was Lance Armstrong, Lance seriously. Lance Armstrong, there you go. So, uh, so, so that's another that's youth trend nailed by the Youthscape podcast team. And we'll be back with a big red box next week. Okay, dear friends, it's time to uh, stop this podcast. Um, and I just want to give a little special message to Sarah Long, who we love dearly and who listens to this every week. And she uses it as an excuse to sit down. 
So whether you are sitting down, dear listeners, or standing up, getting ready for something else is happening, may you know God's blessing in your life. And thank you so much for being part of this incredible community called Youth Ministry. It's just started recording. Yeah. And as long as we don't go like into the red, we're golden. You really know how to use this oh, stuff. Right, I've got the headphones on. That's, that means you're important.